0: Okay, we're learning Dafyut. So we're starting right at the top. That's somebody who is coming to stitch something. So as long as he's not an expert, he's not a professional, then he can do it in his regular, non-special, basic, do-it-yourself-at-home type of way. Now what's the Yisoy? The Yisoy of the Din is that you're allowed to do Malachan on Cholamoid, which is the Tzorach Lamoid, right? So let's say, I have my pants, and you know I need to make a hem, whatever it is, on cholamoy for my pants that I'm wearing, okay. so or that I need to wear for yantif, whatever it is. So then I'm allowed, it, right? There's no, even though add some stitching is a malacha, right? You're, you're fixing the begadim, this and that, but you're allowed to do it with the tamoy. But the Mishnah is telling us that there's a qualification. The qualification is that it cannot be a maisa uman, it cannot be a professional type of, done in a professional way. It has to be done in a simple, non-professional way. So you might want to know, says the gemara, what is that? What is this describing to us? gemara wants to know, how would a hadyo do it? How would a non-professional do it? A guy is not able to make a needle full of stitches all at the same time, a professional, is able to stick to put the needle right through in and out several times and fill up the length of the needle um all at one time and if you're unable to do so then you're just a regular non-professional tailor he's unable to make an even hem on the bottom of it and rashi like explains it used to be like another part of the material that they would use to make the hem and uh, if you're not able to sew it in evenly, you make a part of it wider in on one end, narrower at the other end. So then that means you're non-professional. And then, so if you're non-professional, you just go. You don't even have to think about it. You just go and, and do your adjustments on the on yantif. Again, when I say yantif, you're a It's a tzorach moed, And as long as it's not a ma'itzah uman, melacha is allowed to be done, l'tzorach lamoid. However, the contrast, the Mishnah says, well, uman, but if, let's say, you are a professional, then machliv. Then he has to be machliv. So that's a verb. He's makhlev. So the word says, my makhlev. What does that mean? Rabbi It should be like somebody who's taking wide steps. What does that mean? That in other words, the stitches aren't are, are tightly even, aren't tightly compressed together, but there's one here and then a wide one here and then another wide one farther off. So it's not the way, normally the way we stitch. Normally the way you want to stitch is a bunch of stitches very tightly compressed together. Here it's not having the stitches close together. So it's almost like he's dafka not doing a good job. So like the teeth of a dog. What does that mean? It's not even. It's not like a, like a it's like jagged. You're a little bit higher, a little bit lower, up, down. Like that's the way, that's the way that the stitches are placed and that's like the teeth here of the dog. Okay. Now we go back. It says that you're allowed to be So basically they used to have Today, you don't learn this, like, you mom's got to go back to the old primitive times of the old Caleb. So, first, we're going to learn about beds. So, the way the beds used to work, you used to have these ropes on the bottom, right? That would support the, support the mattress over here. So, these ropes, you want to make kind of like fix your bed. So, you basically want to weave the ropes together. So, what are you allowed to do? So, the Mishnah says you can be Misarig. So, so, and Rabbi Yossi was saying, no, you're only allowed to be Mamatrin. Those were the terms. So my misargin, what was misargin that Tanakam a lot of Rabbi Yosi did not? My memachin, what is memachin that even Rabbi Yosi is allowing? What's going on here? What are the actions here are being done with the ropes to the bed? Yossi, Rabbi Dimi and Rabbi Dimi came to Bavel. He said, "Please, Rabbi Chibar, Abba, Rabbi Avasi, Chibar and Rabbi Avasi, and a machlekes." Both of them were coming in the name of Chizki and Rabbi Yochon. One said it follows misargin, which was the dispute. Is if you want to weave the ropes of the bed, both lengthwise and crosswise, right? Chassis is going latitude and longitude. Erev is going across, um, is going across horizontally. So th- that's where there's a dispute. If you're allowed to weave the ropes in that way, but just but just where everybody says okay, chassis below erev. That's where you're just putting some ropes lengthwise without weaving them across um, across. So, it's a very interesting thing because you're really doing the malacha. Your mom is weaving the ropes, okay? Your mom is weaving the ropes together. So, we got to figure out this is very valid. Like, again, the premise has to be you're allowed to do a malacha, then we can understand. Even if you're doing the malacha, you can't do it professionally. But first, let's understand why you're allowed to weave the ropes. Like, what is going on over here? Is there a Daber Havod over here that's being you? Is there maybe like a Tzorah Hamoed? Maybe we're talking about that somebody has no other bed to sleep and this would be his only bed. Hard on understand. side Presumably, it would be something like the ladder. You know, you don't have anywhere else to sleep. Anyways, so you're only allowed to do it again in a non-professional way. And we're trying to understand if it's too professional. If you're weaving the ropes both, both ways across um, lengthwise and across. So that would be okay. machlokas. Everybody would agree you could do it just do it lengthwise. Machlokas would be: Are you allowed to do it both lengthwise and crosswise? And everybody's agreeing that you could just do it lengthwise. The other one says, No. Which was the dispute, that's talking about where you weave it lengthwise and not weaving it crosswise. If you would do it lengthwise and crosswise, everybody would agree that's usur. Because if you'd be able to use it just with the lengthwise itself, then that's too much terachar. That's too professional to do it that way. Okay. So the only Machlokas is about Messaric just doing the lengthwise. That just means if they were already woven on the bed before and now they got looser, you're allowed to tighten the ropes. So the means to tighten. It's not that you're weaving them, but just to tighten them. That's where everybody agrees. So according to this view, the whole dispute is just putting them in lengthwise. Everybody agrees, though, that tightening the ropes itself would be permitted. For in this explanation, is it true? Is it true that there's this one opinion that misargument means putting it only, um, let's say one way, but not but putting it both ways would be everybody agrees that you can't make a rope. In other words, here we're talking about weaving the ropes together, right? Everybody agrees you can't go twist the new ropes itself. You can't go make a rope. You can't take the strands and make an original rope. The whole question is how you put the ropes in, how you weave the, 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 the ropes here into the bed. But everybody agrees that you can't make a new rope initially. So why do we have to make that point? It's good according to the first lenient view. That the Tanakama was allowing a total weave, even lengthwise and crosswise. And then, which was everybody agreed was mutters. Would I put it lengthwise without crosswise? That's why it was a novelty for a to teach. It was a novelty that you're not allowed to make a new rope because you're telling us, even though Rameyer was mutter to put the ropes in, weave them lengthwise and crosswise, so you're allowed to do a lot, even though you're allowed to weave them pretty much in the bed regularly, but you're not allowed to twist new ropes on Cholom That's a novelty. Even though you weave them in regularly, you can't make them initially. According to the one who says that you can't even weave them in regularly, you can only do it one way. You can only do it lengthwise. You can't. You can't also weave them crosswise. So in Shemay Rav and he was saying that what everybody agrees with his mutter is to tighten it. So then, why is there a novelty that you can't make new robes? If everybody even agrees I can't put it both ways, I can't even do it lengthwise and crosswise, is it necessary for a Tarklifa to tell me I can't make a new rope? It's not necessary. Everybody would agree that making a new rope is, is, is posher that it's osher. The point that the Kumar is bringing out is that if a mayor was only putting it lengthwise without putting it crosswise, so he's limiting the way that you weave it into the bed, then of course, kosher can... He's not going to allow me to make a new rope initially. That's a total, you know, twisting weaving process. For sure, such a thing is awesome. So from the fact that Rav Khalifa had to point out that making a new rope initially is forbidden, we see that the weaving of the ropes into the bed, Remeir was being makeled both lengthwise and crosswise. So the Gemara says, Kasha, indeed, this is a difficult point. It seems like the Gemara is favoring the Tzad that Rameir's is are putting in regularly. Says the below Is there anyone who says that the word Misargen means only Shasi below erev? Again, this is the opinion that the Gemara, I can't say rejected, but just questioned. Is now the Gemara's like, is there even such an opinion? of Tanan, we learned in a Mishnah, a Mishnah and Kalim. Again, what's the halacha? A kli is makabel a non-kli is not makabel So when is a bed a bed? Obviously, you need all the components there, right? So including the ropes. So it's not instead of Mishnah, Reb Mer, Omer, Hamita, Amish, Yisra, A bed is a finished glee in the Kabbalah, only when three boxes are formed. What does that mean, three boxes? So if you have the ropes that are already they're, late, they're they're already going lengthwise. So when you put some ropes crosswise, you're going to be forming boxes from the crisscross, right? So when you form three boxes, then at that point, the, the bed is already considered usable and it's a clee to be makabotumah. So what do we see? We see from here that, what is the term misargin? It says right there, Mishi yisro poshloh So it says the, the term there. And clearly over there, we're talking about that you're putting ones in that are crisscross. You're making boxes out of the ropes. You have some going this way. Long, and then you have some going across. So, it's talking about how many boxes you need that now is considered a finished cleat. So, clearly, the terminology of Mishay Yisrog is referring to a crisscross of the weaves being on the bottom of the bed. So, the Gemara says, Ella. We totally accept the fact that no one would have ever argued on this point. Ella, Kiyosu, Rabin, Ama. The terminology of Misakin, everybody agrees that it means weaving the ropes of the bed lengthwise and crosswise. And everybody agrees that Meir was being so lenient that he allowed you to weave it in the bed, both lengthwise and crosswise. We don't have a, a machlokas about what that word means. Ela he where's the dispute? They're arguing, well, what does mehmatran mean? Rebiosi didn't allow masargin, but he allowed mehmatran. What does that mean? One says that it's just one step down. Rebiosi doesn't allow... He doesn't allow doing it uh, lengthwise and crosswise. He's matzer though, lengthwise without, without, without weaving them crosswise. Rafa Sovritsky, the other opinion says, no, Rabiossi is arguing to the other extreme. He's saying you can't weave ropes into a bed at all, even if it's just lengthwise. You can't even do that. The only thing you can do is tighten. So everybody agrees Ramayor was being made to, to weave the ropes both lengthwise and crosswise. We know Rabiossi doesn't allow it to crisscross and put them in both ways. What is he allowing? He's allowing my Does that mean he's allowing just weaving them in lengthwise? Or does my mean he's only allowing you to tighten them? Says the Gemara Mace, but we have a kasha from a bride so it says in the price of Masarkin's. You can be Masari, the Mita, which again, we know means put weaving the ropes lengthwise and crosswise. And it goes without saying that you can be Mamatrich. This is the very mare. Rebyosi on my says, Mamatrin, Avalon Masarkin. You can only be Mamatrin. You cannot be Masaragin. We haven't yet seen what that means, right? That's what we're trying to figure out. We know it means you can Weave them in lengthwise and crosswise, but what does it mean that I could do? Could I weave them in just lengthwise, or does it mean I can only tighten them? But here it continues the price of a Yesh Omrim, a Kol Iker. We get a third opinion in the price that we weren't privy to in the mission. In the mission, we just saw Ramey and Rabiosi. In the price, we see that there's a Yesh Omrim, a third Tana who says that even mematrin is forbidden. So, we could understand that there could be a Omer who doesn't even allow mematrin, if mematrin means to place the ropes lengthwise. We could understand that there's an opinion that even that is forbidden. But if you tell me, if you tell me that mematrin didn't even mean I could put them in lengthwise, mematrin just means that if the ropes are loose then I can tighten them, is it possible that someone wouldn't even allow you to tighten the ropes? You're not even placing the ropes in initially, you're not even weaving them into the pen. They're already there. It's just that they're loose. All you want to do is tighten them. So that's not a lot of ter'cha. In other words, what the Kumar doesn't understand is, presumably again, the scenario is Sar ha this is your only bed. Why in the world would someone oser you from t- to tighten the ropes? That's not an excessive type of exertion. So the Kumar says, in, we could understand that there is such an opinion that even tightening ropes is on to de'evsher l'meliei Bamane. you don't necessarily, to use it, you don't have to tighten the ropes. You could fill, obviously it's going to be like a, it's going to be a sort of like, it's going to. It's going to cave in a little bit with the ropes are loose, right? So if there's a, a, it's caving in, you could fill it up with garments and lie on the bed that way. So therefore, there's too much tercha to go ahead and tighten the ropes. So we can always say that type of svar that even just merely tightening could be considered too much tercha to fill the need that you need. So bottom line is, in the olden times, they had beds that needed ropes on the bottom. Usually they were woven lengthwise and crosswise. That's the usual situation scenario. Here we got a guy, on our scenario, on Cholomoi, the guy is his only bed. He needs a place to sleep. He needs his bed. So what is the halacha? The most lenient view of Rabbi mayor is that you can even be misareg. Misareg, we know, means that after the dust saddles, to weave the ropes in lengthwise and crosswise, that is mut. Remeir does not allow you to make new ropes on kolomoid, we saw of taklifa say, but he allows you to put them, to weave them into the bed lengthwise and crosswise. Rabbi Yossi does not allow that. What does he allow? It's a dispute in the Gemara if he allows putting it in lengthwise or if he only allows to tighten it. And then there's a last opinion who does not even allow something, and we're not sure if it means he doesn't even allow allow putting it lengthwise or if it means he doesn't even allow tightening the ropes. That is pretty much a summary of that severe. All right, so now, before we learn the next sugi, so we gotta know the way that the olden millstones, we're familiar with the olden millstones. So basically, you got two rocks. You've got the bedrock, right, the bottom rock, and in the rock, um, you're, and, and then there's a top rock, and the top rock has a hole, and it's called the runner, right, and the one that, turn around, that turns around. And then you pour all the, the raw, uh, wheat kernels in the, in the top one, in the top one, there's a hole in the top where you pour it in and it gets like trapped. All the, all the, all the kernels are between the two rocks and then you turn, turn, turn really fast and it crushes them up and all the flour all comes out, you know, whole wheat flour, that's exactly what comes out. So what they used to do, not only that, just to make sure that it was, it was grinding, the grinding method was working well, they used to make these grooves in the bedrock, on the bottom rock, so that the grain would get, like mom good and trapped and then when the runner went around, turned around the top one, it would really, you know, give it a good, a good grind. So, you're allowed to make flour, right? If you have grain, you can make flour on Cholomoy. You want to make some fresh bread, that's totally permitted. Interesting thing. Again, these things are not necessarily permitted on Yantif, but on Cholomoy, certainly that's at Sore Chamoid. So, the Mishnah says, You can set up an oven or a stove or a millstone on Cholomoy. So Rashi seems to say that setting up means that you can actually make like a brand new one from scratch, you know, go find two stones, go, you know, the Namish set it up. That's maybe Rashi is mashma. but w- we'll see in the Gemara, it might not be so, so exactly simple. It might be, it's already manufactured and you're just kind of like um, moving it and fixing it in place and making an enhancement to it, but not actually constructing it from the beginning. So we'll see in the Gemara more detail about that, but you can definitely set up your oven and your stove or a millstone of Cholomoed, you're setting it up for usage of Tzor HaMoed, 100%, because you need to cook or make, grind your flour. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, But you cannot be, means to make a hole. You cannot make a hole in the millstone initially. If you already have a hole and everything's good, then you can use it. And set it up, but you cannot make the hole. So the Gemara quickly explains, "My What is this hole that you're making in the millstone? It Amar means making grooves in the bottom one. Remember, that's the way it works. You want to make sure that the grain is is like you know it's stuck and stuck like tightly in place, so that when you turn the runner, it will make a grinding action. So you make these grooves in the bottom bedrock where the grain gets trapped. So that's what, according to Rav Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda is. Uh, not allowing to be done. To make the grooves, that's too much uh, ter'cha. And that's presumably the idea. It's also to do that too much Bas eina means the eye hole. What's the eye hole? That means in the runner. In the runner, there's a hole on the top of the rock. Like they would carve out a hole where they could pour the grain into it. That's the way it used to work. There would be a hole in the top, in the top runner of a rock and they would pour the hole. So you can't do that. So Mars says Maceway, we have a question, actually It says in the prize so you could set up the oven stove and millstone, I call a As long as you're not glimmer the Malakha, you don't finish it. In other words, you have to do something, somewhat of a shinoid, an, irregular, an irregularity where you're not totally finishing the way that it would be done. Since it's our we don't even see you could even complete it completely. Rabbi Yehuda says in Rabbi Yehuda's name, you could set up a new millstone, and if there's an old millstone, you could even make the holes, meaning one or the other. You could set up a new millstone, but you can't make other holes. And an old millstone, you can even make the holes, so one or the other. So basically, the question is, you can't be too much ter'cha or too much skill. So you can either put the new one, but don't make holes in it, or have a, or if there's an already an old one which is set up, you can make holes in it. Okay. That's, that's where Rabbi Yehuda says and then the Hillel and other people say in koliker even an old one you cannot be machavish, you cannot make the holes even in an old one so we see here now in the So what new what new stuff are we learning that there's a discussion if i can make a hole in an old millstone so the Maharaj says, If you say that making the holes means cutting the grooves in the bedrock, so then I understand. That's why it's possible to do that in an old one, because the old ridges can get worn down, right? You use it all the time, so they get worn down. So if even in an old millstone, which has been used in the past, certain times you might want to go cut out new grooves in the bottom rock. So we can understand how there could be an old millstone that you're going to be making the holes in. According to the one who says that it means making a hole, making a hole in the top or on a rock to pour in the grain, why would an old one need a new hole? Nothing ever happens to the hole, you cut out a hole in the rock and now you can pour in grain. Why would you ever have to make a new hole? What does that mean? What happens to the hole? They don't get, the hole doesn't get worn out. So the Mar says, so You wanted to widen the existing hole. You know, you've made a hole, and then you feel like it's not widened off. It's like taking you too long to pour the grain in. It's frustrating. You want to carve it. You want to extend it. You want to widen it. So the question is, that's what he's saying. An old one, could you, could you not? That's what we we're discussing. It says, And where Rafuna heard a person who was <laughs> cutting grooves in the middle on the Cholamoid. Amr, my high, what is this guy? His body should be. Like literally, you know, like type of dicker, like become like Khulin, not Kodesh. Why? Because he desecrated Khalam Moed. Why? What's the shot? Who said it's for sure also, to cut grooves? If it's an old one, a lot of people were making. So Yeshom. the that you're never allowed to cut the grooves in the millstone on Khalam Moed. Says the Gemara, Darsh Raf Khama. No vamoed. You're allowed to make the grooves in the millstone on Cholem Moed. So what does that mean? It sounds like he's matar, not only an old one, even a new one. So that's a pretty big Chiddush. So, which Tana does he hold like, right? It's an interesting point. We don't see this. So, you have to say that um, he holds that it's not considered to be a Maisu Uman, and that's like the Tanakhama or a Mishnah that you could set up the millstone, and it was Mashmah, even if you want to go ahead and make the grooves. i always the name of Let's say you have a horse that you ride or a donkey that you ride, you're allowed to trim the hooves. What are we talking about? This sounds like a random tangent. But that we'll see in a second. Because if you don't trim the hooves, what happens? Mm -hmm. Then it's not gonna be able to walk too far because it's gonna be in pain. You have to trim those hooves. You don't trim the hooves, the animal can't walk far. So you have a tsarhamoid. It's like saying, you know, can you get an oil change, right? Can you change your oil in your car? So yeah, because if you don't change oil, you need to drive your car to go wherever you're going for your tsarahamoeid. You don't change the oil, you know, put in gas, whatever it is, your car's not gonna go. So here your horse isn't gonna go too far unless you trim the hooves. You're allowed to do that with sarakhamoid. Why is this coming in? Because the hopes of a mill donkey, a donkey that turns the millstone. Again, that's always the main point. I remember back in the days in the mirror, Chodesh Adar, if you were really burned out, you know, it's like a six-month winter's month, if you were really burned out and didn't want to learn, there was another alternative to go down the block and they had these old factories, the matzah factories, and you could get paid, I literally remember this, eight shekel an hour to turn the, the runner stone and make, and grind the wheat. L'chei mitzvah you know, you could, and here we see in the Gemara it's amazing, you could also have a donkey do that, right? In other words, it's like mamish degrading type of work. So they used to sometimes have a mill donkey, and that's what it was. The donkey would turn the millstone. So then, would you want to, it also was moving, so you could clip the hooves. So we're saying no, it's not permitted to trim it. Why? Because how much flour are you grinding already on Moed that you need to make sure that the hooves the the donkey the donkey's hooves are clipped that it's going to be not going to be able to, do, to turn it unless it unless it uh, unless it was trimmed. In other words, when you have a travel donkey or horse, so you might need to go very far. So unless the hooves are trimmed, it might be in pain. It's not going to go. So that's our chamoy. But if it's just to turn the mill, how far? How much walk? How many steps is it taking already when it's turning the mill? So it depends how much flour you're grinding. But presumably you're not grinding so much flour on chamoy that it's going to make it necessary to. Uh, to, to trim the hooves and therefore it's not considered a tshamoid, you're not allowed to trim them. Which malacha is trimming the hooves? That's goze, presumably, right? That's why you're not allowed to do it unless you have a good sarchamoid. Says the He said his mother to trim the hill, hooves of a mill donkey. he held do his mutter. Because bottom line is we'll help you, we'll help him uh um we'll help him make the flour. To set up the millstone, even to build the mill, to make one totally from scratch, to build the frame around the mill. They used to have some sort of like enclosure um, where they would where they would work. But the to build a barn. You got you. There's an interesting thing. You can build a barn for your for your animals. What's the shot? So this is probably Dover Halvud, because if they don't have a house to live in, they don't have a barn. Then bad things can happen to them. So you're even allowed to build. You're allowed to build a. A barn for the animals on Cholamoid. Says the Gemara, other things. Rava, and again, that, that's Dabar Rava. That's a different thing. That's not Sarah Chamoid. The adher to build the barn is, is that the animals might get damaged otherwise. Rava is Rukh, Asusia, Rava said it's mutter to, to comb out the horse. So, how does that work over here? So, basically, the, normally we say that you're not supposed to do it because you might uproot hairs. On Shabbos or Yontif, let's say, you're not supposed to comb it because you might get rid of it. But on, 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 uh, on Cholamoid, it's mutter. Why? Because you want to make sure it looks good. Very interesting thing. Zarah chamoy can make sure you want your horse to look really good. So for example, you can wash your car, you can have a, make your car look sparkling and clean, right? Make it look really nice. Why could you do that chamoy? Because you want to look presentable. You want to look, make it look good. So you're allowed to do this to your animal here with its metal comb on akarpita and to build So, I'm not really sure 100% what this thing is. It's something I think that the animals, some sort of box that they eat out of. It's again, so it's for their needs. If you they don't, you don't can eat properly, it's going to be or to build a bench. What does this have to do with anything? So this is interesting. This is like a bench where people can sit. So, so presumably that's a tzarek hamoed. People have to sit. So you know you want to build something where you're able to sit well to be used on a then you would be allowed to do such a thing. Says so the Gemara, a bunch of from Rav. Rav said that it's multiple to, to, to bloodlet the animal on a So remember, bloodletting, is when the, the, there's bad blood, and as an animal or person is sick. So, back in the times of the Gemara, they believed that bloodletting would cure whatever they were suffering from. So, an animal, again, would be dove or off, animal could suffer some sort of injury or, per, or, or permanent loss. So, you're allowed to bloodlet the animal, cholamod. Amla time is lech, we have a bright which supports that. You can bloodlet an animal. You're not allowed to, you don't withhold any medical treatment from the animal on cholamod. You could do any malacha to do refuah for the animal. Because again, or else it would be Dav HaVod. Rav HaShar LeChas le, le, Kusei Kirmei Rav said it's Matar to press one's clothes on Cholam So we're totally moving over to a person's clothes. My time at Maise Adyot, it's not a mice Adyot. So it's something which is mutter, because you're looking good on Cholam Right, you're pressing your clothes and it's not a Maisa Uman, therefore it's allowed. Again, that's the rules. A Tzor HaChemot is allowed to be done as long as it's a, a, a non-professional. And we're saying pressing clothes is not necessarily work of a, of a professional. It's like ironing at home, right? Amravizlik bar barami, So that's a good halacha. Like we know, can you iron your shirt? Have a shirt. want to look good. You're wearing it. Can you can you go ahead and press that? Says If you want to make a pleat in a sleeve, like, that's something that's professional. That's also my time. my Uman. That's only something Uman does. So my Uman is also even for tzara chamoy. Says another gemara. Another halacha from Rav. Almar Rav. There we go, this is an interesting concept here. Sometimes you can do an action, and you're doing it for one reason, but it appears you're doing it for another reason. So, we're familiar. If I'm doing something for one reason, but inevitably something else happens, so then I gotta watch out, you know? If it inevitably can happen, it's a psichoresh, then it's forbidden. But in the we really care much more about the intent to define whether or not it's mutter or Asr. So, somebody who's clearing obstacles from his land in Cholomoed, so, he's got his land where people, where people uh, plant, right? And it's, and it's suitable for planting, and there are things in the way. And he's taking them away. So, is that Motor? If he has the intent of using, just clearing some space, he uses a threshing floor. He's going to thresh some of the grain on call Moet Shari. It's Motor, because that's Tarach right? You're going to thresh your grain, and then, you're right, separate the, the, the particle, different parts of the wheat, so that you have the kernels. So you're using it as a threshing floor, that's why you're clearing the space, then it's mantu. Whereas a the Daara, if you're digging if you're digging here and removing the bad parts of the ground because you're intending them isn't to improve the land for for planting, also, that's also because why? That's basically plowing. That's what plowing is. Plowing is ma- is rendering the land more suitable for for planting. So then that that that's going to be forbid- forbidden. And it depends what your intent is. So you have some mound of dirt or something like that, and you're clearing it, you're leveling the ground, it depends why you're doing it if you're doing it to clear it just a little space to thresh some of the, ground, the kernels and then that's permitted right if you're doing it to make it more suitable for planting then it's us or hey chidami how do we know which way you're doing it or better said even if a person is doing it for a much reason how does he demonstrate that he's doing it for a much reason so that people don't think people do not think he's doing it for the wrong reason so we say as follows: far as there's a big mound of dirt and he doesn't bother taking away the whole mound and moving into a hole but he just digs some and puts some on the side so basically there's a mound he, he, takes, he skims from the top and puts it down next to it. So he's leveling. He's making a small, a small le- place, which is level and clear. Or it's, you no know, bitzna. he digs in a hole and puts some dirt in the hole. So again, he's making just a small place, which is level. Then we assume he's only trying to make a, a clearable space for a threshing floor. If he took a big mound and put the, all, took away the entire mound. And he put the, the, the dirt into a hole. Then it dies to the Then clearly he's coming and trying to improve the land. And such a thing is forbidden. I mind the someone who's clearing away weeds and twigs. He's clearing a bunch of twigs off the ground. So what's the Allah? Is that mutter? the TV If the reason why he's clearing away the twigs is because he wants the wood, he needs fuel at home, he needs to make fire. So then shari, it's mutter, because you're allowed to gather in the wood for fire um, and use it for firewood. That's mutter, shari. the arab. But if you're clearing the land because you want to go ahead and plant afterwards, then asr, because that's basically, again, that's akin to... Uh, to plowing. So, how do, we can, how do we tell what your intention is? So, Rabbi if you take only the big pieces of wood, you take the big twigs, and you leave the small twigs, then clearly your intention is gathering wood, and then it's permitted. Whereas Shako Rabbi if you take away everything, the large ones and the small twigs, it appears that you're doing it with the intent to make the land better, and then it would be forbidden. Says the Gemara I'm on the someone who's opening the water to run into his land. So what is going on over here? So basically there's a, r- a, r- a river right by your field and you make an opening to let the water flow into some sort of hole in the ground between the river and the hole. So you got the river. So you're opening it up. It's going to flow through into a hole and then it's also going to go flow into your field. So is that motor also? So if you're watering the field, but you're not allowed to water right? It's, it's, you're just trying to water your field. It's, it's, you're not supposed to do that unless it was a of oven, unless it was an irrigated field we learned in the beginning of the mitzvah. But here you could have another intent. If I die to the copy, if your intent is to catch fish, well, how is that your intent is to catch fish? What are you going to try to do? Because the water is going to open, right? You're going to open it from the river. It's going to flow into a hole and then you're going to open it on the bottom. So what's going to happen is the, the fish will get stopped in the little hole open the river water comes out presumably with some fish in it and then you open another hole some of it will flow into your field and what happens is when you drain some water into your field so then what's left in the hole will just be the fish so if that's your intent it's just a good way proactive way of making catching fish so then that's permitted you're allowed to go catch fish again even though trapping fish normally is is a malafa but you can go fish fishing there's no problem you can get some fresh fish so if you're doing it with the intention of catching the fish's motor, But if I die to the hour, if you're doing it with the intent of irrigating the land, also it's also, unless as we saw on Daf base, unless it would be a pressing to, um, a, a need of a loss of money, but otherwise it would be also. If hey, you how can we tell what your intent is when you're opening the river? So if you open two gates, one so at a higher point and one at a lower point, you're trying to catch the fish. So in other words, the river is very high. You make a gate and the river flows into the hole. And then at the bottom part, you make another gate for, for the water to flow out. So clearly what you're trying to do is drain the water so that the fish will be stuck in the hole. Then a day to recovery. Then your intent is just for the fish and his mother. Baba. if you only open one gate at the higher point and you just, the water will naturally overflow into your field. You don't have to make another gate for it to open on the bottom. The water will flow in. It naturally will overflow. So what's the shot? Then you're trying to just uh, do it to water your field. that died to the ara, and therefore it's forbidden someone who's taking away branches from a palm tree. So you could do that for two reasons. If you're trying to get food for your animals, sometimes the animals, that's what they, they nibble on, right? They nibble on the softer parts of the branches of a palm tree. So if that's why you're doing it's mutter. You're allowed to you're allowed to do coats there to feed your animals. Isn't that in- I think that's a pretty interesting point? You're allowed to go get food for your animals on Khalama, even if it means picking it off a tree. That's also considered tzarech Or maybe it's davaravad if your animals don't eat. Whatever it is. So either way, you're allowed to pick food for your animals. If you're picking off the softer parts of the palm tree for, to get food for your animals, that's law. But if you're intending to improve the tree, asr, that is asr. That would basically be like pruning a tree, which is, which is making growth. That's a told-off plant. Hey, chidami, mean, how do we tell what you're doing? If you take all the branches from only one side of the tree, you take it from one side... Um, so then, what do we say? Obviously, you just want food. You don't care. It's, it's, you're taking all the dry ones, moist ones. You're not trying to prune. You're just trying to get food for your animal. Like he's my If you go deliberately take only certain ones from, and you take it from both sides, then clearly, a diet to You're just trying to prune for the tree of Asr, and therefore it's aser. What's the theme of all these things? Do we see from here? He said that is mutter on on Even if it's a psikreisha and others in all these cases. If you do it for one reason, it's okay. If you do it for a different reason, it's awesome. And then we have a way of knowing what your intention is. But even if your intention is one way, and you even demonstrate it to us that that is your intention, but you might be providing the other benefit. So normally on Shabbos we would say, as long as that inevitably is happening from your action, I don't care whether it's your intent or not your intent, sick ratio is normally awesome. It seems like over a year, maybe this is you know, overarching insight, I don't know, but it seems like from over here that as long as you're doing something not for the intent of the forbidden reason, then it's okay. So, another thing I'm a rabbi. If I have unripe dates, to cut them into two is permitted. So, you're cutting them into two, and it sounds like it, it hastens the ripening process. It's mutter because it's a, it's a tzarech amoe. The problem is, why do I even have to say this? Like, what's the novelty? Meaning, what malach are you doing when you cut a date into two that I have to say, oh, it's mutter because I'm just trying to ripen it with tzarech What malach is there when you cut it into two? All the have a very hard time with the gemara. But to press them way it's osir. Such a thing is osir. What you do is that here you're, you have a you have a too juicy of a date, and it would go wormy. It's too. It's, it's in a, obviously juicy dates are good, but if you leave them with too much juice, they might go wormy. So you want to kind of press them for afterwards, and uh, we say that such a thing is osir. You're not doing that for immediate usage. Um, that's no good. given the misle, if they going to become warm, then it's like merchandise which will be lost and it's mutter. So in other words, what we're saying is, even though you're not doing it because it's an immediate need, but it's a it's a davar avod. It's like a loss of merchandise. If a person has a loss of merchandise, they're allowed to sell it. So in other words, we're going to learn that normally you're not allowed to do business on Chalamoy. and um, but if it's going to spoil. Here, then you're allowed to, just like it is, to, sm- to, to sell merchandise. It will be lost if you don't sell it now, just like that's mutter. So it be mutter to press the dates, which are too wormy now and might spoil, you would be allowed to. And the Gemara speaks more about this. Normally doing any commerce, selling merchandise is also on but if it's something that will be lost, it is permitted. So let's stop here for a second and let's analyze that because this one is the most relevant. Most of us are not farming our fields and irrigated and sewing clothing, but we all are interested in selling merchandise on halamot, is it mutter or aser? So the Gemara is saying it's aser, but for loss it is permitted. So let's think that through. What malacha is there in selling merchandise? Why is this something which is also, why is there any amount of merchandise that is also to do on Cholmoet? So you could say, oh, you know, you're not allowed to do that on Java and Yontem. but that presumably doesn't apply to Cholmoet. Cholmoet is only real Malachah, so why is, it, why is it, what's the issue here? So they say different ideas here in the Rishon and the Postcom. One idea might be, right, might be more Terech than you think. In, uh, Maybe not so much in the physical, physical sense, but you have to appraise it and it's labors, and, and, and you, know, you got the exact, the exact thing. How much is it really worth? Also, I saw a very interesting Swara, which is that you might get sad. You might make a bad deal. It might be in some bad distress on Chol So ordinarily doing commerce on Chol is something which is forbidden. But we're saying if you will get a loss, if you don't sell now, it's a good opportunity to sell something like that, then you're allowed to. But if you don't gain specifically by selling on Chol you can make the same deal later, then you're not allowed. Now, here's the shot. We learned, and this is something again, these are real fundamental halakhalamais. We learned back on the, on the beginning of the Masakhtah that what is a A avad? ha'avad in let's say you know, watering a field doesn't mean to if you make a profit. It means if otherwise you would suffer a loss. That's the way we distinguish between watering an irrigated field and a rain or a rain-based field. A rain-based field, you would accelerate the growth, you would gain profit. But since it wasn't preventing a loss, it's not mutter. Here, the Rishon Poskim seem to tell us to get even a profit, to get a better price now, even if it's not a loss of my merchandise. I'm going, to me, I'm going to gain now, I'm going to gain later, but I gain more now, that's good enough to sell the merchandise. We're more makel. Since Lamaissa is not a real Malacha that's going on, even oh. though we do say that selling merchandise ordinarily is Asr, awesome, but if you could get it at a better price, it would be more profit, then there's what to say that it could be mutter says the Ravinavalu is Ravina one time had merchandise that was damaged and he was telling Khomoid would be sold for 6000 dos. She said the one passed he was more pious and he waited to sell until after Khomoid was able to trace sold for 12000 says. So this is the piety the way Ravina was paid back he got a better price afterwards. Says the Ravinavalu has exclusive character to shaft so he had a claim against the people a money claim against the people who lived on the banks of the shops on river. So in other words they owed him money. <laughs> 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 <speaking> Ravashi, he said, so I Can I go to them today to get payment? Meaning, it was a good time; they were home. He had his good mafia guys to go get the money. Whatever it is, it was a good opportunity to go collect his debt if he goes today. But it was cholamoy, <speaking from Ravashi>. collecting the debt is that allowed? So Maler Ravashi says, Ravina, in the inuim So since you're only going to find them today, you don't know if you're going to find them tomorrow. It's like merchandise that will be lost in it's muter, meaning it's considered." an ideal time to go collect payment. They're always at home today. It's Khalamoid. Normally, they're always at work. They're slippery. It's hard to find them. And, you know, they're elusive. Collecting money is not easy. So therefore, on Khalamoid it would be considered a Dabr Haabad, You're allowed to go do that. Where do we see such a thing? Tani Nami Yachagavu We see this Ba'yavu By Ba'yavu Zara. Zara the halach is, generally, you have to be very careful doing business with Gayim before they're, holiday because they might attribute a good deal or something like that to their idol and that you might be causing them to go uh, believe more or, or worship their idol. So it says still, So you're allowed to go to a fair where it's pagan and they have all these idols. So you're allowed to purchase animals, slaves, merchandise, house, fields, vineyards, even write it up in their courts. And And saving money from their hands, meaning how do you protect yourself? from making sure that they're not going to do the wrong thing. The rabbis were lenient here to allow the Jew to go with the guy to the pagan court and process it with their documents because if you don't do that, then they might never you might not be able to get your money. Unless you process it with the correct documentation, then they might, you know, rip you off and you might not be able to do that. So even though ordinarily we might have a problem with doing business with them in the normal way. But if this is the only way that they won't rip you off, then basically we say you're allowed to do it. It's a heter of matzol miyadam, of saving from their hands. So basically we're saying the same way in Avodah Zarah. We have a heter of matzol miyadam to make sure to protect yourself against him ripping you off. So do we have a heter of matzol miyadam that that's considered a something which is allowed. Because otherwise you may never not get your money. Says the Gemara, Rav ra- 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 Shlomo Chibor, Migdo or Rav Chulah You're allowed to make fish traps on Chol Hamoed. So again, this is Surah Hamoed to, to trap your fish to get fresh, fresh fish. And the Shilas, could you make the trap? So we're saying a fish trap is not a Maisa Uman. Again, Sorech Hamoed is only mutter Maisa Hedyo, not Maisa Uman. So it's not a Maisa Uman to make a fish trap. Is mutter. My time a Maisa Hedyo. Anyone can do it. But easily to make a bird nest, that's also my time a Maisa Uman. A bird nest is much more complicated. It's only a craftsman can make it, and therefore that is aser. Says the Gemara, Rav Yehuda said it's mutter to, to. He told Ami, the oven maker, it's mutter to make an oven on Cholamoid, which our Mishnah again said it's mutter to set it up. So does that mean I can, I, if it's already there, I can assemble it, put it on the ground? Or I could even build it from scratch. So that's what we're trying to figure out. Rav Yehuda said you can make a new oven. You can make a sieve. Everybody agrees you're not allowed to make a new oven on Cholamoid. So, It depends. If you're talking about where it's mutter or it's during the summer, where it's also it's during the rainy, the rainy season, during the winter. What's the chilik? In the, in, the, in, the, in the weather, in the, if the weather is hot and it's in the summer, so the new clay that you're making is going to dry very quickly. If it's going to dry very quickly, then you might be able to use it on Cholomoed. If the new oven that you're making, you're going to be able to use it on Cholomoed, then it's considered Cholomoed and you can make a new oven. Whereas it's the rainy season, it's not going kind to of harden in time for Cholomoed. It's Cholomoed Sokis. That's the chalak chamoyit pesach. You'll be able to use it. Khamoid silk, You're not be able to use it. Chalmoy, you're going to be able to use it after the mo'et. So Then to make a new one would be aser. So our mission was mutter setting it up. Are you, is it mutter to make an oven? The answer is very simple. It depends whether it's a ochalmoy. If it will be Tsar chamoyit, you'll be able to use it on chamoyit. It's mutter, and uh, presumably making the oven, putting up the clay, is not in ma'aser uman.